Welcome to another episode of Cape Chronicles. We are going back to the skies again for the one, the only, somebody with the stabilizer, Iron Man. And, um... No, Iron no. Man? Wait, wait, wait a second. No, we can't do Iron Man. No, it's the Rocketeer. We can't do Iron Man yet. We're getting ahead of ourselves. This is the precursor to the Iron Man, Rocketeer. And, um, no, you made me <laughs> hear me do a couple of them throughout this episode. Um, but we're we're talking about the Rocketeer from 1991 on this episode of Cape Chronicles. Um, but before we get to that, a couple of announcements I want to make for the network. First of all, if you are interested in podcasting with us or just being a part of our network, go to randomchatter.com slash application and put something out there uh, so that we know uh, that, that you're interested and we'll see where we can plug you in. We can't guarantee you a spot, but yet we will guarantee that we will try our best to um, get you as a guest on the show if we can, if we're able to. So randomchatter.com slash application. And we are excited to announce another uh, podcast on the Random Chatter Network. Carrie, how many podcasts does this make it that we have? Uh, too many to count. I'd have to go back and look at the, the show's page, which I'm going to have to edit again. Thanks, I'm, guys. I'm, it's got to be. Yeah. Uh, no, it's okay. It's, You're it's, welcome. A, it's a labor of love, guys. It's a, it's about, we probably got around 20. Um, at least. Not a, yeah, about, about 20. And uh, don't worry, I've got about four more ideas floating in my head, Carrie, so get ready to update the page even more. No, not really. But our newest show on the network is Movie Chatter with Eric, Lou, and a new host, Robin. And this show will cover movie news and reviews, as well as just different movie industry analysis and other things um, that the show or that, that the movie itself may have. And uh, just a lot of different details about movies, that thus Movie Chatter. So we're excited about that one. I know they recorded their first episode. It hasn't come out yet. By the time we're recording this, so I'm excited to see when it does come out and add another podcast to my already full podcasting listening app. So, and Carrie's like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but the just, other voice, just when I was catching up, just when you, yeah, just when you were catching up, I actually, you know. I actually started an older podcast that they don't they don't do this one anymore. But I ran out of podcasts today, so I started it back up again. It's the History of Rome by Mike Duncan. Oh yeah, and it's a very interesting podcast. He only had about 170, but he starts at the very beginning of the Roman Empire and oh, goes neat. all the way to the fall of Rome. And it's very interesting. I love history, so that just that just really grabbed me. But this is not the history of Rome. This is not movie chatter. This is Cape Chronicles. And my name is Mike, and we're excited to talk about the Rocketeer. And my other host is who? I'm Carrie. Uh, as you know, we've all, since we've already been talking this long, we've almost buried the lead at this point. Pretty, pretty much. The other voice you do not hear is not Eric. Um, unfortunately, Eric is not able to join us tonight. Just some things have gotten a little busy with work, and he's not able to join us tonight, but that's okay. He will be back. Don't you worry. All right. He will be back probably like another Batman movie. But as we go through, <laughs> but as we go through we're going to talk tonight about The Rocketeer. I've already said that before, but a little bit about the film. Carrie, would you like to read the summary of the film? Uh, yes. A young pilot stumbles onto a prototype jetpack that allows him to become a high-flying masked hero. That's right. I bet he would have been able to fly just a little better had he had stabilizers in his palm of his hand. Mm, maybe. 
Maybe. So a little bit about the cast and crew. The director was Joe Johnston. Uh, he also directed Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Jumanji, Jurassic Park 3, and Captain America, the first Avenger. This was this is unique because he was actually chosen because of his work on the Rocketeer to direct Captain America, first Avenger. And that's really interesting to me. And then he is currently uh, in pre-production for the movie The Chronicles of Narnia, The Silver Chair, as a director for that movie. Carrie, who are our main cast in The Rocketeer? Okay, so we have um, Billy Campbell, who plays Cliff. Um, He's also been on Helix as Dr. Farragut, and the 4400 as Jordan Collier, which I've not seen seen either of these. Well, I've never seen 4400, but I did watch Helix. It was canceled, but they had like two seasons of it. Very good uh, show. I've heard uh, that. It it takes a different uh, direction than you think when you see the first episode. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I thought it was really good. But yeah, uh, okay. good job, old Cliff Seifert here. Also, Who's next? Also, um, Jennifer Connelly plays Jenny, and she is uh, no. Uh, he, she's in the going to be in the upcoming movie Top Gun Maverick. Uh, she's she's to the danger zone. She's she was also the voice of Karen in uh, Spider Man Homecoming. And Mike, I've got you. Do not have Labyrinth listed out here, dude. I've never seen Labyrinth, so you have ne- <laughs> or 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 the or the Hulk. I mean, she she was she was um, Betsy Ross hey, well, uh, in when, that in that movie. We're going to talk about it at some point. Some point. Well, in you the, know, the I, Eric Bana Hulk. Yeah. Well, all we know is she's going to be in Top Gun. Do you, do you want me to sing Danger Zone again to make no. sure our listeners are still there? No. Do you want me to sing Bowie? I, no, that's I mean, okay. Uh, but I did not know until this well, reading about this movie that she also did play the Karen, the, the suit lady in Spider-Man Homecoming. I did not know that. So that was, I was like, oh, that's a cool little nice, nice connection right there. I, I, I enjoyed that. I like that. Oh, and she's also married to Paul Bettany, who is the voice of Jarvis. So that it's like keeping, keeping the voices in the family and stuff like there that. There you go. There you go. Um, and then well, who did Alan Arkin play? He, Alan Arkin played PV. He was in Santa Claus 3. Um, he was in this movie called Indian Summer, which is kind of fun. It's a, you know, it's a fun movie. Um, okay. I, I know he's been in some other stuff that I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I, your no, I, I, your I, notes are lacking in, in, in well, that. Well, the, the only one I actually knew him was Bud Newman in Santa Claus 3. Ah. So that's the only place I actually knew him when I saw him. Um, that's the only reason I put it there. See, I told you to edit the notes too, Carrie. Oh, come right. on. Okay, come on. Fine, <laughs> fine, what, fine. I'll give, I'll give you, I'll give you that. I'll give you that one. All yeah, right. it's Who on me too. Uh, Timothy, Dal- Timothy Dalton played Neville Sinclair. Um, he's been in Flash Gordon. Um, he was in. He was James Bond from 1987 to 89. Um, he was in Doctor Who as um, the Lord Lord President Rassilon. Um I could honestly say I've seen, been in I've seen a lot no- of stuff. I've seen nothing of his. He's been in Hot Fuzz, um, The Beautician and the Beast. Uh, how I know that, we won't get into. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Uh and- that would that one would probably make Lizzie proud. It would, it would. 
You know, before we introduce our last person, I'd really like to introduce him because he is one of my favorite actors. Um, okay. Terry O'Quinn played Howard Stark in this movie. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry, I mean Howard Hughes um, in this movie. Uh, and if you don't know who Terry O'Quinn is, you have been hiding on a rock. He, he, he was John Locke on Lost. He also plays Joe White on Hawaii Five-0, which I do watch. I do not watch Castle Rock, but he plays Dale Lacey on Castle Rock. Well, didn't so Castle job. Rock just start? Say what? Castle Rock just started, didn't it? Or they, um, has, it, has it premiered already? I, I have no idea, to be honest. It's not one of the shows I watch, so I don't know. Oh. But I know that in this movie, he played a great Howard Stark. So we are good. Yes, uh, definitely. That one. Oh! <laughs> Howard, 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 uh, Hughes, Alan, Ar- Howard Alan Arkin Hughes. played the dad in one of my favorite Christmas movies, with, aka um, uh, Edward Scissorhands. That's why I know him. That is not a Christmas movie. Uh, Just like yeah, Die Hard is um, not a Christmas movie. Uh huh. But Iron Man three, if Die Hard can be a Christmas movie, Iron Man three can be a Christmas movie too. I I I, I will not argue that. <clears throat> but we're not going to debate that on this podcast. Um, who's who's our composer? For this, Our composer uh, is James Horner, who um, he did the soundtrack for uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. He's done the, the soundtrack for Troy, Braveheart, the Titanic, Avatar, lots and lots of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he, fortunately, he is no longer with us. He passed away in 2015. Um, yes. But he did a lot of good. He did a lot of good music and a lot of good scores for some a, a lot of movies that we watch today and we reference to a lot today. Yeah. But the runtime for this movie, I did not realize it was an hour and forty eight minutes long um, until I started watching it. I'm like, wow, this is a long movie, and it definitely felt like that at some points. It felt like it was just dragging at a couple points, um, but but it was good. It was good. So it was an hour and forty eight minutes. It's rated PG. It was released on June 21st, 1991, with a budget of $35 million. Now, I did not put this in here, but it actually started with $25 million, but then Disney upped it to $35 million. Uh, so their budget was $35 million. And then opening weekend, domestic, it brought in, good job guys, $9.6 million. So they did not make what they thought they were going to make on this movie as far as the opening weekend the lifetime domestic gross for this movie was $46.7 million, according to Box Office Mojo and IMDb. And so it, it, it made budget. It didn't, it didn't exuberantly make budget. That's probably, they said they had sequels in the work, but after they see what they actually made on it, they, um, they definitely scrapped those sequels that they had planned. But they are doing they are they are doing a TV series. Well, aren't they? okay, so I heard about that. It's supposed to be the Rocketeers, plural, and it's a what they call a quote unquote re- reboot sequel. I don't hmm. know how that works, but I think I think the Me premise either. was when I looked it up a little bit of it, it. I think somebody said the premise of it was Cliff Sievert has gone missing, or something like that, and it's just it's one of those kind of like a reboot sequel. I think. Hmm. But the Rotten Tomatoes score, the critics gave it a 63%, and the audience score was a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. It also received the Best Costume Award from the Saturn Awards. Any other notes about this movie uh, before we dig into the movie itself, Carrie? 
Okay, well, the movie was based upon a, um, a set of comics, but modified... It was based upon the Rocketeer comics, but modified to fit a Hollywood-type setting. Uh, the movie was pitched to uh, major fi- film studios beginning in 1986, uh, but was turned down um, by pretty much all of them. Eventually, Disney accepted due to the fact that they believed they could sell toys. Hmm. Huh. Go Disney. Disney. See, Disney is not in it for the for the for for the love of the movie. They're in it for the money. Uh, of course they are. Immediately they took out any anything adult to market it towards a younger audience. Hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, there, there was a continuous film script treatment for five years before um, something felt like it landed. <laughs> I put that pun in there. I see you saw if you're going to read that or not. No. What the heck is this, Mike? <laughs> Well, look though, I, I um, this is this is this is actually funny though. I read a little bit about this. Apparently, they had some sources say that they had fired the the writers uh, or, or or the two oh. the, the, or the two producers like two or three times during this five years hmm. of script treatment because they weren't getting huh. what they wanted. But eventually, they 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 hired them and they do what they were supposed to do. Okay. Apparently. Uh, let's see, what else? Filming ended 50 days over schedule due to weather, weather and mechanical issues. Also, visual effects were designed and created by a- ILM, but to be fair, ILM pretty much does all, lots and lots of and lots of, IL, of, mov- of productions yes, but in this the business. Was, so. But this was back in 1991, though. Yeah, um, no, but I, ILM has done live-action stuff for Disney... Highland does does stuff for every every studio, so that's not a that's not a uh, something too too noteworthy. But but how 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 known was ILM outside of Star Wars back in ninety one? Um, because well, I I can't speak for people who have not been in, um who have not grown up in uh, next to the movie industry, um. But as far as I'm aware, it's been a pretty well-known name since the '80s. Okay. In film production, so um, yeah. All right. Well, let, let's discuss this movie just just for a little bit tonight, then. Um, so, my background with the movie is that I, I've I saw it as a kid, but that that was it. I've I've never read the comics, never read the short book that they said they had with it. Um, I saw it as a kid once. I didn't never remembered it. All I remember was a guy in a weird looking helmet with a, with a jetpack, and that was it. And the rudder on the helmet looked a lot longer than I remember it being as a kid. <laughs> I mean, it did not look as <laughs> it didn't look as long as it did when I was a kid. But man, oh. it 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 was um it was a unique movie. I like yeah. I, said, I saw it as a kid, but that's I saw it on VHS. My mom and dad had it on VHS. So that's that's where I saw. What about you? Um, I went to see this in the theaters. Actually, my dad was really really into the concept. He he knew a bunch of people who worked on it. So and he was he was really really interested in seeing it. So I I saw it in the theaters and I've seen it once or twice on TV since then. Um, but I I haven't seen it in a long in a long long time until I saw it um, watched it again last week for this um, for this recording. So l- let me ask you this: So we, we really didn't yeah. we didn't talk a lot about this, but did, if they had gone through with the sequels for this movie, 
do you think this would have been a good compelling origin story? Yes, I think it. I think it would have been. Um, I I would. I think I. I think I would have loved to see more interaction with Howard Hughes if they if they had kept this up as like a run, as like a running movie series. That would have been really cool. I agree. I agree. That and I just like I said. I love Terry O'Quinn. I think he's a great actor. I think he did. I think he really hit a stride in Lost. And since mm-hmm. since then, I just I I I, I love Terry. I think he's a great. I think he's a good man. He's a good actor. But yeah. I, I think it would have worked fine as a as an origin story. They would have kept going with it. Um, oh yeah, definitely. But it almost felt like this was a one off story. And it, it works. I think it works either way. But but wait a minute. Now would it work though? Because the jetpack blew up. Ah. Yeah, but 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 Howard never... Hughes could make another one. For but one he, thing, but he wouldn't. He didn't want to build another one because he didn't want to fall into the Nazis' hands. But but Jenny also saved the plans. Oh, okay. For okay. for for another one, so well, so they could that, have built another one. All right, maybe it'll have more more bubble gum to help hold it together. Oh, please let me get. Well, to the they won't. Well, it won't get. Maybe it won't get shot at this time. Yeah, it won't get shot at. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, let's talk a little about the villain. Um, do you think it had a, a a good villain, a compelling villain, a villain that kind of brought you in like, oh, yeah, he he's the real bad guy? Well, I mean, it was hard to know which villain to follow. There were, right. there were a lot of villains to start out with, but um, the, the uh, eventual main villain being a Nazi, that was kind of... I mean, it was it was of the time, so it was it was in the it was in the late '30s. So yeah, they, it was definitely something that was very timely for the period that the film takes place in. It's um, Tim, um, something I had read in a couple places. What was that? Timothy Dalton's character was loosely based on Errol Flynn. I saw, and that. this is around rumors that Errol Flynn may have been a Nazi. Now, whether or not that was actually true, who knows? But he does look suspiciously like Errol Flynn with the um, Robin Hood-style wig, and the um, movie set looks like an like an exact duplicate of the castle from uh, Robin Hood. Right, right. Well, so the monsters were also a villain. And yeah. what did you think, though, about their turn at the end? Because they said, well, we're, we're, we're a villain, we're bad, but... You know, Nazis are worse, well, so we're gonna. That's actually some. That's actually something I found. I found in the trivia that um, it basically reflects the attitude of the real of real life American gangsters um, during World War Two. They would they refused to work for. Um, they refused to work. Um, have any associations with Mussolini, and um, apparently, uh, gangsters were were instrumental in help in helping to root out Nazi sympathizers in the U.S. So oh, that's cool. that makes that makes sense that okay. they they I mean they they're gangsters but they're American gangsters so right so they can't they'll 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 still fight they'll still fight the Nazis if they if they try to invade so that was kind of cool well I thought I thought he played a I thought Sinclair played a very um, typical 30s type of villain that that like that you would see in in a 30s type of movie it's a movie made in the 90s. That, yeah, the scenario, but it has a the very setting. 30s, 40s feel to it. Yeah, right, right. I think to get now. Now the only thing though is, is that every time I saw him on screen, I, I kept thinking Zorro. Um, even I know he went Zorro, but that little weird villain mustache made me think of 
Zorro. And it also made me think of the, the villain on Rocky and Bullwinkle as well. No, no, I kept thinking, I kept thinking more along the lines of, of, um, of, uh, Robin Hood, because, like I said, they made him look like a, an exact duplicate of Robin Hood. If you go, if you go back and watch the old Errol Flynn, uh, Olivia de Havilland, uh, Robin Hood, that's, that's basically the, the same look that they were going for. No? Okay. Uh, to go back to something else we were talking about earlier that the budget or or how much this movie made domestically, uh, I failed to mention that one reason, and we still see it today, that when a movie comes out, if another big movie comes out a week or two later, um, it tends to drop off pretty heavily uh, going against mm-hmm. that movie. Kind of like when we, kind of like when, um, when we, when we had Justice League last year came out, and then Thor came out like two weeks later, you saw a significant yeah. drop because there was another big movie out. People were just weren't going to go see Justice League. When I look up these yeah, movies, I, I, I went back and saw Justice League after Thor. I know, so so much better. <clears throat> but it's a different, yeah. different. <laughs> but uh, so typically when I look at this movies, I want everybody on the podcast to know too is that I kind of look about three weeks before the movie came out and three weeks after the movie came out to see what other movies came out. And I think a week or two after this movie came out, Terminator Two: Judgment Day came out. Ah, that's so, what stole the audience. So that's probably what caused the downfall to this movie, was that everybody I, was excited I'm after the first Terminator, and now Terminator 2's coming out, what's going to happen? And and T2 is such an awesome movie. It's, I, think it's, I think it's way better than the, first, than the original Terminator, so yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Hey, uh, you know, it's good for right now until they say um, the new one's are going to cancel out everything after, what is it, one? Oh, everything after two, they said. Oh, wow, oh, oh. I you, think. They'd have I could a major be wrong. uproar if they, if they canceled out two, but two was the better of the mm. series. But we're not talking about Terminator. We're not term- like, talking Terminator here. That's right. As far as the storytelling goes, I think it was a good, smooth storytelling. Um, even though I think you knew what was coming, because they were very, they gave a lot of signals away about what was coming, it still felt engaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still. It, it was just. It was a smooth story. It wasn't cluttered. It, now there were some times I thought were corny, and I'll you know I'll talk about that a little bit. But it, it was smooth. It was a good story. It was an engaging story, and I actually rather enjoyed this movie. Would I go back and watch it again? Probably not for another twenty or thirty years. Um, but I I do think it was a good movie, and it, it was a good reminder of. Hey, I remember this as a kid. I yeah. thought it was a good story. It had a very, it had a very fifties, uh, forties feel to it. Yes, um, that I liked. It was kind of timeless in that way. Uh, so it, it, it was like it was like a movie that had been made at an earlier time, but had, you know, early night, uh, late eighties, early nineties effects, and it just worked so seamlessly, like that. That it, it just like, okay, this. Uh, I have no idea when this movie. I, I mean, I know where this movie was made, but it's hard. It's almost hard to place the time, the time frame that the movie was uh, produced in. Except that I know. Except that I know that Jennifer Connelly was really, really young when she did this. Yes, yes. Um. So as far as it, say what? Huh? Nah, I don't know. But as far as it ages, um, I don't personally. Now, we may disagree on this. Um, personally, I don't think it ages the greatest. 
It's not. It's not one of those that it's a must see movie like Batman eighty nine is. It's not. You, you don't or 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 Superman seventy eight. It's not one of those you must see. But it does have an exciting cult following to it. So they do. They, there's a group that really enjoy this movie. There are a few movies like that. You know, kind of like the uh, shark, kind of like the Sharknado movies. It doesn't age well, but boy, <laughs> they have an exciting cult following. I love those Sharknado movies, um, but it it the, it's an awful movie, but they're great. But this one, I think, kind of has the same thing. It you could tell the effects were corny on some areas and a little cheesy, but it was fun. It and, and, and it's an and like I said, it's an engaging movie. It doesn't age the greatest, but it's got a good good little following to it. Um, it, it's it's a very timeless feeling movie for me. Um, it, 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 it's something that I could either watch or not watch. It's it's fine. I mean, I, I enjoyed rewatch it on a rewatch. Um, again, I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I would definitely watch this movie again um, if you know it came across my radar. Um, but yeah, it, I felt I felt it aged okay. Um, and like I said, there's this like timeless quality for like the the period where it was made it could have been made earlier except for the um the effects um were obviously more um more 80s and 90s than than the actual feel of the movie itself if that makes sense okay right yeah it does it does so right now on the spot you have two channels on your tv for some reason you have two channels on your TV. One channel is playing The Rocketeer. The other one is playing S- Superman 3 from the 80s. Which one do you watch? The Rocketeer. Obviously. Duh. <laughs> All right. Well, what about some pros? What did you um the, what are some things that you enjoyed about the movie? Well, again, the, the t- very timeless feel about this. Um, uh, look at all those orange groves. Um, I I know where the I know where this was filmed, and that's, but the um, basically where I live now was pretty much covered in orange groves um, during the '30s. So, yeah, that that's always kind of nice to see um, what the valley and Holly and LA looked like uh, back in you know the early part of the 20th century. Um, I think that airfield, um, they don't say it specifically, but I think that's, I think that may have been a mock-up of where the um, Van Nuys Airport is now, which isn't far away from my apartment. Huh. What about you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so I thought the effects were pretty good for the time. That, mm-hmm. that they had, obviously, like when he flew up around the plane, uh, you could tell those were definitely shot green screen. They were not. <laughs> they were definitely not really in the air. But it was. It, it was interesting. I thought the effects were good. I thought it was a very fun story. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a. Um, I thought it was, and I think Disney did a good job at gearing it toward. If they had gone the original route, the script was set in. I don't think it would have appealed to the younger audience. And and there's there's a few reasons for that. You know, some of them would have been originally they did not want to have Jennifer Connelly play Jenny. It was originally Betty Page, um, which at that time Betty Page was a pinup model, and it yeah. would not have gone over very well with with with, with the general audience. And there was some other stuff. I believe they changed the Nazi things in that as well. But it, it was it was a good movie. It was a fun story. I do like how Hollywood mm-hmm. finally got its name. 
Uh, no, that's not that. That sign. That sign was. That sign was originally only supposed to last eighteen months. Well, it was a. It was an adver, It was an advertisement for a housing project. <laughs> and and the the last four letters fell off somehow, and they eventually made it a monument. Yep. Yep, yep. Yeah. But I thought I thought it was a pretty good movie. Generally, the, like I said, the effects were good. The acting was was was, was pretty good for the time, and uh, I thought it was a good movie overall. That you know we we could we could nitpick at the pros, but in all honesty, it was a good movie. It it, mm-hmm. it, it was it was a good family movie. It'd be one I'd I'd show my family, and not have any worry about. Oh my goodness, I wonder what's coming up next. Um, but it was a very good. It, it was a good good look back at that that time period. But I, obviously, no movie is going to be perfect. There's going to be some negatives. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the negatives I had is, how did the FBI agents only have revolvers, but the mob that the mob had magazine-loaded guns? They had Tommy guns. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about if if you looked at at the handguns that they had, not the Tommy yeah. guns. They had magazine-fed guns. But the FBI only had revolvers. Wouldn't the FBI have magazine-fed guns too? Uh, maybe they weren't prepared to go up again. I have, I don't know. This was before they started, you know, arming law enforcement like it was, um, you know, uh, military outfit. Like this is before they started giving tanks to police, police um, departments and such. So who knows? All right, all right. And obviously, I said it felt corny at some moments. Um, the 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 scene where, you know, yeah, but it was a fun corner. It was it was it was. Obviously, you're not going to go pick up a girl anymore from a what, Carrie? What was that? Where was it? There's a sort of like a boarding house. Okay, okay. Obviously, those really aren't as big as they used to be. No, so it probably wouldn't happen. But no. here's my next thing: How in the world does Bubblegum save the rocket pack? How is it that one piece of bubblegum can poke, can 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 plug a hole that a bullet made? Now imagine, understand it. A bullet hit a rocket pack with fuel in the rocket pack, and it did not explode. Number one, but number two, bubblegum saves it. It's chewing. Have you ever like stuck chewing? Tried to get chewing gum off of anything? It still it bubblegum carry. Come on. Yeah, a little bit of suspension of disbelief doesn't hurt anyone. Did nobody have duct tape? Um, Did nobody have not duct tape? Back, probably not back then. Okay. Well, I could be wrong. Anyways, I, I, I just, I, I don't get that. I don't, I, I don't. That's probably one of the biggest nitpicky things I had about the movie is that I understand the whole bubblegum theme throughout the movie, and Beeman's is a very, is a very particular gum among pilots and back then as well I, I get that but how, I just don't get how bubblegum saves saves the rocket because the fuel to me seems like it would have broke down the the the, the bubblegum itself or except they, they said they said the fuel was basically alcohol so maybe not that'd have been some strong gum <laughs> yeah but it, again it wasn't it wasn't rocket fuel as we would know it now i think they they said something about it being an alcohol-based um fuel so it wasn't pot it might have not been just it might have been just a thing where it's not as volatile as um 
normal normal jet fuel would be. Can, can, can you imagine if he had chewed that piece of bubble gum again, how far over head over heels he would have been? Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but no. one, one, more, no. one, more, one more kind of pot question I got, and it's almost a con. What happened to the gum on the windowsill when he went to pick up Jenny? It was never revealed what happened to that piece of gum. He stuck it on the window, and he never went back and picked it up. Nope. That poor piece of nope, gum could still not. be sitting there today. Yep. Okay. Or the landlady could be, you know, could have scraped it off. Yeah. And cursed his name. Um, yeah, I had a couple of things. Uh, Go ahead. Studio security in the '30s sucked. Yes. Yes. It, it was. Uh, it was. It's about. <laughs> it's about as good as as. Was it? Uh, uh, Star Lab security. Yes. Um. <laughs> I think I think I think this was discussed uh, Discord with a couple people. How are Cliff's pants not on fire? He, especially when he was, especially when he took off from the from the fireplace. He, like seriously, how is he not on fire? He had he had flame retardant pants on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I heard that little cackle over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I really don't um, know. That, that, that is something I did wonder that when I watched it is how. I get. I mean, I can. I can kind of get it when he's out in the open, but especially that shot from the fireplace where you just see the flames around his feet right. and legs. It's like how how is he not cooked alive in that in in that fireplace? Right. As he's you know lifting off. Um, this probably won't mean anything to you, but um, I it was a bit confusing trying to figure out where in LA they were. Um, they mentioned Baldwin Hills, which was where the Olympic Village was okay. in 1932. Um, uh, you see a nice shot of the Grauman's Chinese, and basically Cliff flies over it from basically the direction of where my apartment would be. So there, Aww. so I think he's living. I think he's living in the valley, but I could be wrong. Okay, and there, and it's. Kind of like I'm not, I'm not a sports person, but um, apparently, if you watch like the intro for a Kings game, um, anyone who doesn't live here would might be under the impression that um, Santa Monica Pier is and Staples Center are way closer together than they are. Okay. So. Um, huh. <laughs> yeah. So it's just did. like you know, watching watching this from a like like okay where no that. That doesn't work, and yeah, no, the Hollywood sign. That is not how Hollywood got its that name. That is how Hollywood. It, if it's if it's on TV, it's got to be true. Okay. <laughs> kind of like kind of sure. like how Abraham Lincoln uh, said, everything you read on the internet's true. Uh huh. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, also, also um, <laughs> watching uh, Sinclair's demise um, in the middle of fire season over here. Especially with half the state on fire, it's a bit awkward. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like they weren't in the middle of the drought in the, in the '30s, but if if that had hit the um, the Hollywood Hills now, um, that entire area would be up in flames. Well, yeah, and 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 by the yeah. way, our thoughts are with you guys over there right yes. now with all that yes. going on. Um, so hey, I heard, I heard. Neil Diamond came out of retirement too, to to. I think that's in Colorado. Okay, well, Colorado, 
but I, I yeah. do know y'all are having some times over there as well. So our, our yeah. thoughts are with you guys. Nowhere, nowhere near, nowhere near me, fortunately. But oh you yeah, know, that that's good. Some of some of the some of the spots up north are creating their own weather. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty freaking scary. But all in all, all in all, you know, there, there's not a lot of cons for this movie. It was like, like, like we said, it's, no, it's a no, good week. We could go into there wasn't a lot of nitpicky details to even give pros about because it's it was mm-hmm. one of those that you just have to kind of watch. It's a it's it's a guy. Listen, the guy finds a vacuum. No, I'm sorry, he finds the rocket pack. <laughs> if you watch the movie, you get that. So he finds a rocket pack. He says, man, we got to really look at this thing. His buddy's in danger. He puts it on, gets famous for it. Nobody knows it's him. But he, okay, so maybe this is some, he's the worst superhero at keeping his identity that, I, that I've that i ever watched a movie. Because every, I mean, he, just, he wanted to tell Jenny, Jenny, that, hey, that was me. I'm the rocket man. But anyways, he finds a rocket pack. He, he has to return it. He can't return it because he needs it to beat the Nazis. He beats the Nazis. Oh, it blows up. Movie over. So... Well, he... Okay, so... At, at first, he needed to win the air race. Yes. And then he needed to save his friend. And he was going to return it, but then the mob got a hold of his girlfriend, and he, ha- he, had, to, he had to keep it in order to give it back. And, yeah, it... It was a bit of a drug drug thing, like it was kind of addicting, but also, you know, it's the, um, I have this thing that everyone wants to kill, everyone's getting killed over, and I should get rid of it, but it's so awesome. Right, right. That I can. Right. So, I mean, it, 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 it was a good movie. It was a good, it was a good hero movie, which brings me to our discussion topic, Carrie, and this probably yeah. is not going to be mm-hmm. a long movie longest topic of discussion for but could this movie should this movie really actually even be considered a superhero movie um i'll let you go first i I think in the vein of how you know people like you know billy the kid and davy crockett may have been considered superheroes or heroes of legend um it could be considered something like that but maybe not a true, true superhero movie, or maybe it could be, could be a, like a superhero movie from like the th- a, a, what a superhero movie from the '30s would be, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can, I can, I, I can get, I can get behind that to to a point. I, I don't know. Um, I know I put it on our list to go through and to watch. And and as I began watching again, I'm like, is this is this really a superhero movie? Because he's a superhero, like Zorro is a superhero. Zorro's not a superhero. Yeah, but he's a masked man who goes and fights and fights for the people. Okay, so so he's kind. The Rocketeer's kind of doing the same thing. So a guy finds a jetpack. They don't want to use it yet, so. He's he wants to use it. He's excited about using it. And then a buddy of his gets in trouble. He goes, he puts it on, he puts a helmet that's got a six six foot rudder on it. And then he flies up, saves his buddy, and all of a sudden now he's a a, a hero. Uh-huh. I, I I I don't know. I'm almost second guessing this being a superhero movie. 
because the, now it's not like he asked to be a superhero. He he had. I mean, the guy was the guy was flying in his place. So he he was responsible for you know helping him out. Okay, so I can't. I don't want to give you that one because I think that one is just anybody doing something nice for somebody. But I can give the fact that so his his superhero time, quote unquote, I believe would have came if he did beat the Nazis from stealing the jetpacks yeah. that were going to take over the world from yeah. Germany. I'll give you that. So I can give him that. So almost he's got kind of the Captain America beating Red Skull kind of feel yeah. to it. So, okay. To me, I would kind of put this on the line. I would say yes at some points and no in others. It's a gray area. Right. It's a very gray one. So we, we, we had to include it. And you know, we're probably going to get into this again when we talk about Power Rangers. Because... We could, I mean, we could, we could in theory get into this with... If, if, are, I'm not sure. Are we, are we, doing, are we doing the Phantom... No. Because the same way we're not, not doing he's the mask not, he, either. We're not doing the shadow either, are we? No. Drat. Oh well. But I mean, this, it's kind of the same thing with the with the with the Phantom. Is he's not really a superhero, but he wears a mask and he he helps out the people on his island, and then he has to go to New York, and you know, chaos ensues. I I, I guess. I guess it ever. I, mean, I guess we'll, I, how, I mean, how, he doesn't really. He doesn't really talk to the animals like like he does in the cartoon. In the movie, he's not. He doesn't have that those kinds of powers. I guess it kind of depends depends though on what you what you feel like a superhero is, uh, on what your true definition of superhero. And I've talked to somebody about this um, on the network, but a true superhero to me is somebody who who has gifts slash abilities that are not by any other means. So, or well, well, that are they're not born. But with. then that that rules out Batman. Then Batman is because Batman has... is Batman. Batman will always be superhero. Did you not hear Batman? But he doesn't have it. He, he, hey, I, I, he's I, got money. I, I, okay, that's his superpower. <sighs> but so true. So, and <laughs> I am the I am the last person. I am the last person to Mike. I am the last person to diss Batman. But by your definition, just now, Batman is not a superhero. And that is true. Except for except for having money, so, and that's not really a super. That's not really a superpower. That's just you know, uh, it, it's it was something uh, someone someone a friend of mine posted. You know, you know, with all that money, he could actually you know, give to donations that would actually help people out. But no, he has to he has to put on a mask and help people that way. That instead of putting his money to better use, you know, helping the people. That that. That is true. Batman would not be considered a superhero. Neither would um, Iron Man. Neither would Green Lantern. Because apart from the ring, he's just a normal person. Exactly. So, you know, but somebody who would be a superhero would be like, like Barry Allen, as the Flash. Yes. Because he has it. Thor would not be considered a superhero because Thor's a demigod. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, but in this movie, I I think it's a gray area. I think he could be. But I, then again, I think he's like, okay, it's a guy who finds a jetpack, wears a really weird helmet with a six-foot rudder on it, flies around saving, saving first of it's all. It's more like two feet. <laughs> Four, let's call it even. And and he saves his buddy, then he saves his girl, then he saves the United States and the world from being taken over by the Nazis. And then the, the jetpack uh, blows up and he has to make a new one. Exactly, exactly. 
exactly. But that's a, but that's a story for another for the sequel that never happened. It may happen in the reboot sequel. We may see Peavy Maybe. again. Ooh, yes, that would be cool. Yes. So Alan Arkin's still still alive. I mean, they could they could they could use him they, again. They they could they could. But hey, and or it could be it could be Cliff who rebuilds. Eh, well, you know though, and, and another pro we maybe didn't discuss too is is the music. I think was a very was a very good choice in music in this. Um, and, and this mm-hmm. Warner did a great Agreed. job with the score for this film. Um, but anyways, so just a couple of things about this movie that that you may not know. Let, let, let me ask you. So Clifford C- Cliff Seifert Secor's role was a struggle for the film. Uh, actually, that Disney executives wanted certain. So the directors wanted certain people, but the Disney executives said, "No, we want A-list actors. We don't." And the, didn't the director want want? Um, was it Billy Connolly? I or or Billy Cam- Billy Campbell? Yeah, they wanted Billy Campbell, but I want Billy Connolly, someone completely different. <laughs> yeah, they wanted Billy Campbell, but Disney did not. Disney wanted an A-list actor. So here's some here's some actors, and tell me how if, if you could have pictured this guy as 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 the Rocketeer. These are the actors that they considered for the film. Disney wanted Kevin Costner. Hmm, maybe no, not really. Dennis Quaid. No. Really? See, I could actually picture Dennis Quaid on this one. Uh, okay, maybe. I, 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 from from that time period of time, I've seen him in inner space, and I, I'm just no. All right, Kurt Russell. You know, Kurt Russell was a big Disney person. Uh, uh, he came up through Disney, so that would actually kind of have worked. All right, Bill Paxton. Maybe. Yeah, I could have seen that one. Emilio Estevez. Maybe. I think he did better than Mighty Ducks. That came out just a few years after this one, though, didn't it? I think so. It was in the 90s. Yeah. Um, Johnny Depp was actually considered for this. And it's it's not, it's not that I don't like him as an actor. I think I think by that time period he was more well known for his work with um, with Tim Burton. Right. Uh, I mean, not that he didn't do other stuff as well, but I think he was more well known for his more quirky um, gigs than than something like this. Right. Which isn't to say that he couldn't have pulled it off, but eh. And the last one I added here just just a little bit ago because I remember reading this too, but they actually also considered Michael Keaton for this role. It could have fit if he hadn't done Batman. I think I think right. there would have been too much confusion. I actually, I actually, yeah, too much confusion. I actually kind of like that they went with an unknown, right? With, um, on this, it's kind of like it's kind of like if they had done Star Wars with you know someone other than Mark Hamill as Luke. It it doesn't, I don't, I can't see anyone more prominent in that role now. Yeah. Um. So some other things about it in the South Seas Club, Neville Sinclair, a Nazi, greets Clark Gable. This is based on a little known fact that Gable was Adolf Hitler's favorite actor. During World War II, Hitler offered a sizable reward to anyone who could capture Gable and bring him to Germany alive and unscathed. Yeah, I saw that one. Uh, next one. In the graphic novel, Cliff Secord's girlfriend is called Betty Page, not Jenny Blake. Dave Stevens, the creator of the graphic novel, based the character 
Betty Page upon his real-life friend, um, 1950s pinup girl Betty Page. She would not allow her name to be used in the film. Yeah. Uh, next one is the actual GB um, used in filming was only allowed to land a very limited amount of times during its time working on the movie as landings are extremely hard on the landing gear on this particular plane. So that was pretty, that was pretty yeah. interesting. Uh, Joe Pesci turned down the role of Eddie Valentine. That would have been cool. That would have been great to see Joe Pesci in another role. Um, but he turned down the role of Eddie Valentine in this movie. Billy Campbell was actually afraid of flying. <laughs> I think we discussed the gum. I, I, had a, I had a couple here as well. Um, so I know you're not as much of a Trekkie as I am. Okay, but go ahead. Um, Max Grincheck, who played Wilmer, um, and Paul Servino, who played uh, Eddie Valentine, they both played brothers to main characters on in Star Trek. Um Max uh, uh played uh, Quark's brother Rom, and when he got killed, my first thought was, "No, don't kill Rom." Yeah, <sighs> and, uh, I've never Paul- seen Star yeah, Wars. And, I mean, Star Trek. So. And then Paul Servino played um, Worf's foster brother. Um, also, Tiny Ron and Terry O'Quinn have also been on various iterations of Star Trek. Really? Yep. Um, I did not Loth- know that. Now Lothar, I may actually have to watch TNG. Was on, Lothar was on DS9 and Voyager. Terry O'Quinn played Admiral Pressman uh, on uh, TNG. And he was very good at playing a, one of the more skeevy admirals in Star Trek. Um, oh, I wow. think we talked about this. Eddie Valentine quits working for Sinclair when he finds out Sinclair is a Nazi. Uh, this yep. is reflective of um, the real-life attitude of American gangsters during the era. At the time Disney made this film, uh, they actually owned the Spruce Goose, which is the which they actually owned the the real Spruce Goose, um, which is the model that um, Cliff uses to get away from from the feds. In okay. uh, Howard Hughes's hangar, they own. They own. I think they still own the the actual plane. It was in a dome in uh, Long Beach for a long time. Oh wow! Which, which is actually when they took it out of that dome. That's where they put the Batcave for Batman Forever and Batman Batman and Robin. Okay. But that's not. That's a. That's a tangent for another time. Um, my dad knew, actually knew a few guys who worked on this. Um, cool. They built the tail end of the Zeppelin. Out near Fillmore, off of Highway uh, uh, Highway 126, and you could see the the Zeppelin from the highway, which wow. didn't go off so well because you could see the tail end with the swastika and everything, and that that <laughs> that made people nervous for obvious reasons. Yeah. Also, I'm told that they used one of Howard Hughes's original hangers in in some of the shots. That would been yeah. That's that's cool. That that that's actually pretty awesome. Now I know they have some of this stuff. Um, I believe at the Smithsonian, like they have a replica Rocketeer um, flying around, as well as the the, the plane too in one of the Smithsonian's. Mm-hmm. That was, so that, I'm that was not sure. Cool. I'm not sure if they moved the the goose over there. I'd have to look, but I know it's not in Long Beach anymore. It used to be. It used to be in this big big dome next to the Queen Mary, and now it's not there anymore. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Carrie, is there anything else about this movie that we need to discuss? No, I think we pretty much hit on everything. 
I, well, I, don't think, was, I don't think it, I have anything else. I, I don't either. I think it was a good movie. Hey, I'd highly recommend it if you have yeah, not it seen it fun. or if it's been a while since you've seen it, go out, buy it. I'm sure it's probably not a lot on Amazon. Buy it, find it. It's a great movie, a good family movie. Now, your kids may be like, oh, that's not cool effects. You know, it, tell them, be quiet and watch the movie. All right? <laughs> yeah, just no, sit listen, down. This is a, watch, this is a, this is a good movie. A good, uh, I highly recommend it. Very fun, entertaining, and it's one of the one of the ones that we got. And we got a few good movies coming up here in the next few sessions that we have here on this on the Caped Chronicles. But we also know there are going to be some duds. We've 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 gone through them, so it's good to have a good movie after having so many like, oh my goodness, can we just get through kind of <laughs> movies. So it's been really good. Yeah. But the next episode of Caped Chronicles, we are going to return to the Batcave for Batman Yay. Returns. And we may have a special guest with us on that podcast, so make sure you are tuned in to hear who our special guest is going to be. Um, I was able to get a hold of Michael Keaton. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that out loud. And uh, don't, no, listen. Don't, don't promise something you can't you can't <laughs> deliver on, Mike. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to send a message to him on Twitter if he's on Twitter. Oh dear. Say, look, we have a podcast. We're talking about. I'm Batman going to Returns. back away slowly. Please. Come join our. You know how? Listen, our publicity would go up on the podcast network if I got That's my true. on here. That's true. But no, we're going to be talking about Batman Returns here in a couple weeks, so we're excited about that. And it's one of our it's one of our favorites. Uh, I enjoy Penguin in that movie and everything else like that. So I'm looking forward to Batman Returns. And after that, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, the last of that trilogy, and there's probably reason it never continued with that because of that movie. And uh, no, I'm not going to be that mean. Me and Carrie, that's going to be a fun debate on that one, Carrie, between me and you. Yeah, because uh, I, I, did, I do remember liking that movie. And I remember absolutely hating that movie and falling asleep multiple times <laughs> in that movie. But, uh, but those we got coming up. But listen, we, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Uh, email us at capedchronicles at randomchatter.com if we have any questions or anything like that. And, um, and and also follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at randomchatter. And uh, and let us know that what you think of the ed- episode, your thoughts, questions got of the, about the upcoming movie. And we'll throw some little polls out there here soon as well for you to, um, for, for you to check out. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Obi underscore Mike Kenobi. That's Obi underscore Mike Kenobi. Carrie, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Carrie Blackfire 42. That's K-E-R-I Blackfire 42. All right. You can also find me on MySpace. <laughs> really? No, I'm not at all. Fire, am I going to have to resurrect my MySpace account? Oh, man. We're moving our platform to MySpace from now on. Oh, dear. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen, uh, you could find all of our shows um, on 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 the Random Chatter website, um, and go to randomchatter.com and check us out there. We have movie chatter we mentioned earlier. We have uh, the with the Force Chatter Network with Outer Rim and Echo Base. We have uh, Guardians of the MCU, which is a phenomenal podcast talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We also have DC Talk where you'll hear me and Carrie again talk about things that are going on in the DC universe as well. And uh, so there's a lot of podcasts. If we are coming up near 20, we have we have something for everybody. 
So make sure you jump in, check out randomchatter.com, look around, look at us. <laughs> if you want to, you can skip over that bio page if you really want to. Uh, but check, but check out everything we've got. We got a lot. So spread the word and support us. We want you to leave a review for us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. And I made you a promise. If you write a review, I told everybody on the DC Talk, we will read it on the air. If you review our podcast, we will read it on the air. I went back, Carrie, on iTunes Store, and I typed in the Caped Chronicles. We did not have a review yet, which I'm Aww. deeply upset. But I did see that one of our episodes is one of the most popular episodes on the Caped Chronicles. And I was very shocked at which one was the most popular. And it they have that little bar you can see how popular it is and it was supergirl episode was was our most popular really? episode so far yes wow so that was that was really 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 unusual but okay hey okay listen but we want to hear from you tell us why it was your favorite tell us why you like the rocketeer but leave us a review let the other people know we're out there if you do that the more reviews and the more the more uh, uh, stars you give us more likely we are to be seen when somebody's looking for something about superhero movies. Tell your friends about us. Spread the word. Join us in Discord. Randomchatter.com slash Discord. Discord's a lot of fun and uh, it's very interesting um, to, to see what takes place on Discord. So join us in Discord. You get the main lobby as well as the podcast channels absolutely free. But if you give $1 a month by supporting us on Patreon at Randomchatter.com slash Patreon for $1 more a month you get to get access to all the other channels and there's a lot of other channels um, to go through so make sure you check us out support us it's just one dollar a month that's twelve dollars a year all right it's not it's not a lot but every little bit goes to the network so that we can for hosting fees and and everything else like that none of the money goes to us except to give you quality content that you cannot get anywhere else all right so support us on patreon but carrie that's it, unless you have something else for us. No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, the music you hear in this podcast is High Roller Mojo by Blue Stolly. As silly as the sentence sounds, all trademarks are owned by their respective owners. Until next time, we'll see you later. Mm-hmm.